You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on the Book of Romans. Now looking at Romans J. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. You're listening to Romans J, the 10th lesson in our series, Romans A to Z, which covers Paul's letter to the Romans in 26 lessons. We're in chapter 5, in the middle right now. Paul, on the basis of sin being everywhere, being universal, chapters 1, 2, 3, argues that we can only be saved by grace, chapters 4 and 5. And this grace is not dependent on our earning it. Abraham, he said in the previous chapter, was justified by grace before circumcision, before the law, before there was Jewishness. Abraham was saved by grace when he trusted God. We saw in the previous podcast a sequence. God loved us when we were weak, ungodly, sinners, enemies. Less and less excusable as you move through that sequence And yet, that's how powerful God's love is, and that's how good his grace, how powerful his grace is, and cross. He's going to compare Adam to Jesus here in this part of Romans 5, and you'll find a similar comparison that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians 15, just for note. So we have like the first Adam, the Adam of the Genesis story, and Christ is the second Adam. So that's a theme you find in Corinthians and in Romans, but all we care about now is Romans. So let's begin in Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all, because all have sinned, sin was indeed in the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned, where there is no law, yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one who was to come. We better pause there. This is, um, again, very dense material. Sin came into the world through one man. That one man is Adam. We're talking about the Jewish teaching of sin contaminating the creation coming in, and we see the devastating effects of sin starting in Genesis 3 and Genesis 4, but death spreads to all. Paul says, because all have sinned. And he's going to show in the second part of this argument that in a parallel way, a kind of a balancing way, salvation comes to all the world through another man, the second Adam. Now, he gets on a bit of an aside here. Sin was in the world before the law, but sin's not reckoned where there is no law, but still death exercised dominion. In other words, uh, sin has always characterized mankind, even before law was given. So the law doesn't exactly uh, cause sin. The law's not the problem, though clearly the more we violate uh, God's laws, the more we need grace. And Paul will speak about that in a moment. Many people, maybe we should go easy on them, but I think they've really misunderstood this passage. Of course, this is Greek. 
When it was translated into Latin, the language of the Roman Empire in the Middle Ages, it was translated by, by Jerome. Uh, Jerome was a fellow who worked in the crypt of the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. You should see this place sometime. And he, he translated the, the Bible into what's called the Latin Vulgate. That's the common Latin, Latin of the people. And he rendered that phrase, F ho, which is Greek in Latin, in quo. Now, they're very similar. You don't have to know those languages to, to understand the point. Paul says that death spread, verse 12, because all sent, F ho. But Jerome translated F-O as in quo, in whom. And they are very similar, but there's quite a difference. So Jerome is saying that we all sinned in Adam. But that's really not the best way to translate the Greek there. Why would Jerome do this? Well, what's going on here? The teaching of the church has changed quite a bit by the late 4th century. This is not only the time of Jerome, it's the time of Augustine. And how has it changed in so many ways? Uh, how Christians relate to authority and power and their enemies. It changed in terms of the level of commitment or discipleship that was expected. Their views of, of what's happening after death are starting to get kind of strange, very medieval. But another uh, change is people are arguing for infant baptism. This practice only appears, as far as we know, in the late second century, but everyone believed you had to be baptized for forgiveness of sins. This doctrine of original sin, that is, everyone sinned through Adam, Adam in quo, in whom all sinned, that means that babies are guilty. And Augustine actually taught that if babies die before baptism, they will go to hell. All based on this misunderstanding of Jerome. But it wasn't so much a misunderstanding. It's that so many people, by this time, as we're approaching the year 400, so many people were baptizing babies. The church needed a justification for baby baptism. And here it is, the doctrine of original sin. The baby is born damned already. Original sin is a central tenet of Reformed theology. It is taught by many Protestants. I just don't think you can justify it biblically. Okay, sin came into the world, but does that mean we had no choice? It seems to me to be all about choice. Let's continue. But the free gift, verse 15, is not like the trespass. Now, he's talking here about the result of Christ's death versus the results of Adam and Eve's sin. For if the many died through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift and the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. Let me just pause here. The sin in the garden was just one sin, and that brought condemnation everywhere because everyone ended up sinning. 
as a result of Adam, because of his influence, however you want to look at it, even on the basis of the original sin doctrine. It's all because of Adam. This is the fount of, of, of sinful influence. But he says the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. So many sins are covered through Jesus. It's much more powerful. If Jesus were just somehow equal to Adam, then you'd think, okay, Jesus' death would have forgiven Adam. You know, okay, Adam and Eve are okay now. But it's not only Adam and Eve, but it's everyone. Everyone has a chance to be saved. Let's go on. And if, because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who have received the those uh, who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion and life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So he's keeping up this comparison here. We became lost, alienated to God, because of our own conscious choices, not because we were born sinners. We're born with a blank slate. We may have certain temptations. Uh, our hearts, in a sense, may be filled with folly, and be, we may be very self-centered. But being born with Temptations and leanings, you know, proclivities, is not the same thing as being born with guilt. And this is where the, the original sin people, I, I think, go the wrong way. Sin spreads, and sin continues to spread throughout humankind by personal contact and personal choice. One person influences another. I mean, we see this in Genesis 4. We see the horrible sin of Cain against his brother Abel, and then Cain's sin permeates the generations that follow as we continue to read Genesis 4. In the same way, we see that the righteousness of a person like Seth, Genesis 5, tend to characterize his descendants, all those generations, and the rest of Genesis 5. So it's really about personal contact, personal choice. No one is born without an option, without a choice. Although that preaches well, um, emphasizing our helplessness, we're not helpless because we never had a choice. We're helpless because we got ourselves into such a mess. There's personal responsibility. And the last of this very dense passage, and this will probably be the most dense passage in this entire series, so bear with me. It will get better. Therefore, just as one man's trespass, Adam's, led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. But law came in with the result that the trespass multiplied, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that just as sin exercised dominion in death, so grace might also exercise dominion through justification, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, after I'm finished talking, you may want to go back and read our scripture again, these uh, 11 verses, or 10 verses of this podcast, 512 to 21. But he's continuing to make this parallel between Adam and Christ. Now, you may have stumbled a bit over that phrase, the many. It says that through Adam, the many were made sinners, and you think, well, didn't everyone become sinners? Well, the phrase, the many, basically means everybody. That's one of those phrases that you, you find in, in classical languages. It's just, you'd say, well, why didn't they say everybody? It's it just the way they did it. Um, 
you, maybe you know the English phrase, it's actually Greek, but it's hoi polloi. You know, everyone's doing it, the crowds, everyone's doing it, hoi polloi. But technically, hoi polloi in Greek is the many. But we would say, you know, tout le monde, you know, all the world is doing it, everyone's doing it. And so this is um, an idiomatic expression. It's not the many as in, yes, there are quite a few sinners on the globe. But, you know, sin did not spread in, in many places. No, sin is ubiquitous. There's nowhere there, where there isn't sin. But uh, I'm just explaining what the phrase the many means. It means everyone. In the same way, justification also comes to the many. Justification comes to everyone. And the question is, does it come without our consent? Did we rebel against the Lord? Did we become lost without our consent? Or did we not make some choices? If we become Christians, do, does that happen apart from our uh, willingness or only with our consent? Is there not a decision for Christ that must be made? Of course there is. And so sin spread throughout the world because of people's free choice. So it is with salvation. And yet clearly not everyone says yes to God. Amazing. God has this incredible power, but we have this ability to resist him, to stop. In the same way, no one is born a Christian, okay? Following Christ is a conscious choice. Everyone's responsible for his or her spiritual condition. Grace abounds to conquer the guilt of sin. Christ is more powerful than Adam. Adam sins and that, that sin spreads all over. Jesus does his deed. He gives his life, and all that sin is potentially wiped out. It's amazing. It's not as though the devil and God are like the same thing except for the mathematical sign. You know, the devil is a minus one, and God is a plus one. And if you put them together, you get zero. They, they all even out. It's not that way. Satan is not as powerful as God, except on the wrong side. They are not a match for each other. God is infinitely more powerful than the evil one. The Bible does not say that Satan will always reign and have a kingdom or even exist. No, Satan will be uh, thrown into destruction. Ultimately, there'll be one kingdom in the universe, not two. Grace completely overcomes sin. It's so powerful. Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So justification by grace leads to eternal life. Those are the final words of our chapter. And as the final verse of chapter 6 will remind us, this eternal life is a gift. Immortality is a reward for those who've come to God through Christ. And this is exciting stuff. We'll begin next time in chapter 6 uh, with Podcast K. Thanks for hanging on. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's teaching on Romans. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.